Disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist, counselor, or professional broadcaster. The following are stories from my life and personal experiences and are the property of me. There will be profanity, quite a fucking bit of it, so please keep that in mind along with adult topics and themes. Listener discretion is advised. I've always wanted to say that. Hi and welcome to Here She Comes, Confessions of a Retired Vibrator Seller. I'm your host, Jasmine Aziz. What's so great about being a 19-year-old? Sure, you got hormones out the kazoo, metabolism you don't fully appreciate, and a wide variety of possibilities and promise ahead of you. Okay, that sounds kind of cool, but the level of things you don't know then that you do know now is actually staggering. As you may recall from the last episode, I was doing a party in the middle of nowhere for a group of very, and I mean very, young girls. All they wanted to hear about was oral sex tips, of course. And as we return to the story, the presentation is done. I've started fuming with anger because the girls are talking amongst themselves and not coming up to the sales room. As I yell from the top of the stairs, my voice full of threats and impatience, I finally hear the first set of footsteps coming up from the basement towards me. Not anticipating that I'll make more than the money and gas it took me to get out there, I wait. And I wait. The first person to walk in was the rude girl who had been on the phone. She was followed in by two other girls who had been sitting around her like a protective wall, watching her every move and listening in on her phone calls. I told you girls not to come in as a group. I, like, so don't care, she said, her eyes half on me and half on the cell phone in her hand. We, like, tell each other everything, so it doesn't matter. Fine, whatever. What do you want to order? I, like, want that stuff that makes you have to do, like, less work for, like, oral and stuff. I rattled my brain, repeating her words in my mind like a skywriter's tape in the sky. I don't have that. Yeah, like, you totally do. You have it in that bag. You know, like, the hot stuff? Grape. I want it, like, grape flavor because I think it tastes like a sour chew. I could totally get down on a sour chew. Oh my god, Melissa, you're so bad, one of the girls in her entourage said, shooting beams of admiration to her like she was a wannabe pink lady and Melissa was Rizzo. I took four massive cleansing breaths that only made me see a sharper shade of red before my eyes. Without taking my disapproving glare off her, I reached down to the bag at my feet and took the bottle out and placed it on the table next to my sales book. Do you want fries with that? I asked sarcastically. Fries make you fat. She looked up from her phone for a moment 
seemed to assess my overall hotness rating in one quick glance and then went back to texting, the thick buttons of her phone snapping under her fingertips as she clicked away. That was a joke, I said under my breath and drew up her sales bill. And uh, you three, what do you want? Nothing, they said in chorus. I angrily shoved the purple bottle of liquid into a bag and watched the texter pull out a small wad of cash from her back jeans pocket to pay. I waited another 15 minutes before the next set of three girls walked in altogether. I said not to come in. Oh, forget it. Who wants to order first? I want the oral sex stuff, please. The one that tastes like a popsicle. I grabbed the bottle from my bag and handed it to her. You two want anything? I knew their response even before they shook their heads no. Two sales and not even $40. Like the Grinch who stole Christmas, my heart grew two sizes to make up for my closing arteries as I felt my blood pressure increase. As the second girl who made a purchase left the dining room, I heard her giggle under her breath to her two friends. Oh my god, he said he's totally gonna like it when I use this stuff on him. How could they be so young and so stupid? What hold did their boyfriends have on them? Why was oral sex on their boyfriends all they could think about? Didn't they care about themselves? Images of me with Lammy started flashing through my mind. There was no question he loved oral sex. I imagined I would be hard-pressed to find many men who didn't love it. But Lammy was especially obsessed with technique. And while I wasn't lacking in overall skills when we first met, I was only beginning to up my game until the nickname that would stick with me for the rest of my life came to be. I was known as the Cock Whisperer. About a month or two into dating Lammy when he wasn't obsessing about a threesome, he would occasionally throw in comments about oral sex. He did just such a thing while we went for a romantic walk by the Ottawa River one night. Well, I'm really good at that, I said with confidence. He squeezed my hand tightly, but didn't respond. You agree, right? You're good, baby. Yes, I agree. I stopped walking and pulled on his hand to get him to face me. I studied his gaze and didn't believe him. He half smiled and stood like a barge before me. I don't believe you, I said. No one is perfect, he offered. What the fuck does that mean? I could uh, show you some videos if you want to improve. Improve your face, I said petulantly. Now, come on, baby. Don't start a fight over this. I didn't say anything. You said I suck, and not in the good way. I pushed past him and started walking along the path to head home. He caught up to me and took my hand in his and squeezed it again. We walked in silence for about five more minutes. As we rounded a bend, I noticed a patch of sandy beach tucked under the road. I released my hand from his and ran down the little hill to where the water almost met the road. Lammy lumbered down the hill without grace, shouting after me to be careful. There were small bushes and twigs scattered everywhere. An overwhelming odor began to rise up from the river as the waves lapped back and forth. What are you doing? He said, catching his breath as he joined me in the small nook. Take off your pants, I instructed him. No fucking way, he said. 
I didn't wait for him to protest. I just unzipped him and began pleasuring him with my mouth as I heard the faint footsteps of people walking above us on the bike path. Only a moment or so into my technique and his body began to react with pleasure. Thankfully, it didn't take him long to come to fruition as I was having trouble focusing because the air was so putrid from the river that I could barely breathe. After I was done, he held my hand extra tightly as we walked back to my house. That was amazing, he said as we rounded the corner to my home. What I may lack in technique right now, I make up for in creativity. I expected Lammy to counter with a witty comeback, but a dark shadow crossed his eyes, and I could see him clenching and unclenching his jaw from the corner of my eye. What was I expecting? I had tried so hard to please him, and though I knew he was physically pleased, why did I feel like he wasn't spiritually happy? How many other ways could I twist myself into a version of someone he could love? And even if I could do it, I had to wonder, at what cost? As more memories came flooding back at me, I began to wonder if I wasn't really all that different from the young girls at the party who so desperately wanted to please their boyfriends. The only real difference seemed to be 15 years and a lot more cellulite. Megan came in by herself, heaved a heavy sigh, and slapped her order form on the table in front of me. I could barely read her writing. She had to decipher each word. As I gathered up her things and put them in a bag, I turned to her and asked, Why do you hang out with these girls? You seem so different from them. They're okay, I guess. Grace Ann is sweet. I think she thinks I'm gay, actually. She fiddled with her dark hair. I'm not, though. I'm the only one of these virgins that has had sex. None of them have popped their cherry yet. Are you sure about that? Dead sure. I banged Melissa's boyfriend a year ago, and he told me she barely opens her mouth when she blows him, and he thinks her pussy is the size of a peanut. She can't let anything in there. Not even a tampon. Megan didn't look like she was lying. I had no reason to believe or disbelieve her. I was angry that my sales were low and that I was probably going to get fired if anyone found out that I had done a party for underage virgins and for sales that would barely cover the cost of gas going out to the middle of nowhere. Here's your stuff, Megan. I appreciate the sale. You're really good, Jasmine. I think my father would really dig you. He's in sales too. He divorced my mom when I was eight, but he likes ethnic girls. Oh, sorry. Was that rude? No, it's fine. I know what you meant. I studied her for a moment. The thick application of makeup made her look older than she was, but her expression still had that youthful glow about it, and a sliver of childhood innocence still lingered in her gaze. I can't believe you're trying to set me up with your father, I said as I began to put away my sales book and charge machine. It would be cool to have my sex mama be my stepmama. The warmth of her smile looked so out of place against her gothic makeup and clothes. You taught me some stuff I didn't know. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. I just want to get out of here. It's going to be pitch black soon and I can't see too well at night. All that masturbating does make you blind, I guess. Megan laughed and headed towards the sliding doors of the dining room. 
Before she was fully between them, she turned on her heel and rushed towards me, arms outstretched. I almost tipped backwards from the magnitude of her hug. I squeezed her tightly, and as she left, head down, I noticed a small tear escape her eye, a light trail of mascara blemishing her porcelain white skin. Grace Ann came in 15 minutes later and said that there were no other sales coming. Do you want anything? I asked her. She shook her head and smiled. Fine. You have $21 to spend. The party is just over $200. Can I get that oral sex stuff that the other girls got? I had already started taking it out of the bag before, she asked. I watched her count the coins from her pocket to pay me the difference of what she owed me and then closed up my sales book and started grabbing my heavy bags of product towards the front door. Let me help you, Grace Ann said, trying to lift my display bag. I estimated the bag weighed more than she did. I gently moved her aside, squatted down, and lifted the bag onto my back. You're so strong, she said. I felt like a lumberjack next to her. Despite the fact that I had barely made any money in sales and that I still had an hour's drive ahead of me, it was impossible to hate Grace Ann for it. She squatted down as she had seen me moments before and used both hands to lift the duffel bag of canisters. She teetered back and forth but determinedly brought the bag to the front door for me. I loaded the trunk and slammed it shut. The girls had turned up the music in the house and they were playing a song I didn't recognize. Perhaps I shouldn't have been so harsh with them. So they have no idea who Darth Vader was. If they asked me to identify the song that was playing or even recognize any of the words in it, I would have been just as lost as they were with a Star Wars reference. Who's out of touch now? I asked myself. As I picked up my briefcase and listened to the sound of the pebble driveway crunch under my feet, a tiny little squeak of happiness emanated from the doorway. Yee! Oh, wait! Grace Ann said. I have something for you. As she ran from the doorframe, I rubbed my shoes against the gravel, listening to the sound reverberate in the stillness of the night. Grace Ann returned with a single pink cupcake placed in the center of her two tiny hands. She extended it towards me. I made this for you, she said breathlessly and carefully handed the cupcake to me, the word Jasmine written on the top of it in white icing. I was the Grinch, because as I took the pink and white cupcake from her, I swore I felt my heart grow two inches that day. Thank you, Grace Ann. You're really sweet. I'm sorry you didn't make more money, she said. Her big blue eyes were shining with a mixture of kindness, compassion, youthful ignorance, and a touch of sadness. I thought if I ever had to see tears swell in those big blue eyes— there was probably nothing I wouldn't do for her. It's okay, I guess. I kind of expected it. I mean, you live out in the middle of nowhere. What else is there to do out here, right? As I turned away from her, cupcake in hand, I heard her tiny voice, like that of Cindy Lou Who, say, Look up, Jasmine. Grace Ann was pointing towards the sky with a big smile. I followed her tiny finger and gazed upwards as my breath caught in my throat. There, in the azure brilliance of the night, were more stars in the sky than I had ever seen in my entire lifetime.
It looked like a diamond blanket, bright and brilliantly poetic in its awesome magnitude. See, Jasmine, that's why we live out here. Her angelic little voice almost brought tears to my eyes. It wasn't like she'd aged in front of me in those two seconds, but there was something more to Grace Anne in that moment than when I had first walked in. I smiled at her, completely at a loss for words, holding up my cupcake and saluting her. I drove back down the single-lane highway, intermittently catching glimpses of the bright stars in the sky. As I rounded the corner where my cow friend had been, I was struck by the sight of the biggest moon I had ever seen. I pulled the car over to the side of the road and rolled down the window to stare at it. The night was so still that I didn't hear anything but the faint trace of sound left from the rocks that were stumbling back in place where my car had only seconds before displaced them. The face in the moon looked like God. Then it looked like Grace Anne, and for a moment it looked like my father. I felt tears sting the back of my eyes. I supplanted them with a cupcake and quietly prayed. Where are you, Daddy? Why did you die and leave me? Did you send Lammy to me? What would you even think of him? Am I making a big mistake? Should I leave to go to Toronto with him? Is this how it's supposed to feel? Am I ever going to get married? I heard the low hum of a car off in the distance and saw the lights approaching from the back. I took a deep inhale of the fresh country air and one last look at the giant moon in the sky before easing the car back onto the road. As the twinkly lights behind me faded into the black night, replaced by the glaring glow of the city, I felt my hands grip the wheel and a pronounced sting of pain behind my eyes. I couldn't fight the torrent of tears that flooded out of me and wouldn't stop for the rest of the drive home until I pulled into our paved driveway. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying my podcast, please be sure to subscribe and review it as it really does help a lot. And if you haven't done so already, please check out and subscribe to my YouTube channel as there are very exciting things to come there. Pun intended, of course. You can also reach out to me via social media. I'm on Instagram, Jasmine underscore Aziz, on Twitter at Jasmine Aziz, and I'm on Facebook. Or email me at Jasmine at JasmineAziz.com. Until next time, remember that the best part of life is love. So be sure to open your heart to it, because here she comes. I'm just a popcorn dreaming, gonna red and back the butter you up. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up.